for. Take your Bibles if you would. Go with me to Psalm 61, 62, and 63. And we're not going to preach through every single one of these psalms this evening, but we do want to draw your attention to a couple of things. How many of you would acknowledge or would it, it, it maybe admit, uh, maybe say tonight that you do truly desire that the power of God would rest upon your life? That's, that's my prayer, is that, that God's power would rest upon my life, that, that not because I am anything, but because of how great our God is, that if I yield myself to Him, if I give myself to Him, if I surrender my life to Him, that because of how wonderful and how strong and how powerful He is, He could take a life like mine and use it. And you begin to think about the power of God resting upon people's lives, and you begin to think about the difference that Jesus can make. As Brother Cyrus was just sharing, 17 years ago, and a different man is standing before us tonight than 17 years ago. And it's nothing that he has brought to the table. As a matter of fact, in spite of him, God has done an amazing work in his life. That's the case for every single one of us this evening. You see, we, we are, in and of ourselves, we are a prideful, a selfish, a disgusting, nasty people. Unworthy, ungrateful, disobedient. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but by the grace of God, even in spite of all that, He desires to still use us. As you begin to think about the people in your life that God has used, there are people right this very moment that you are thinking about that the power of God is on their life and God is using them, and it is nothing that they can do in and of themselves, but it is God. If you come to Psalm 61, 62, and 63, these are three of the most encouraging psalms back to back to back in my personal life right at this very moment. I've been praying for a little while over these psalms right here because there is so much. As we're walking through the book of Psalms on Wednesday evenings, I'm a couple of psalms ahead. And I've been reading these over and over and over again. I want you to notice the words here. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been my, a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me a heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou will prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not greatly be moved. How long will ye imagine mischief against a man? Ye shall be slain, all of you. As a bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly, Selah. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. See, I love verse 8 right there. Trust in Him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge. Selah. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. 
to be laid in the balance. They are altogether lighter than vanity. Trust in, not in oppression and become not vain and robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. God hath spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy. For thou renderest to every man according to his work. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. See thy power and thy glory. So have I seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Every one that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. I love verses 60, or Psalm 61, Psalm 62 and 63. I love some of the powerful statements that are made as you go and you read in verse number 1 of Psalm 61 as he says, Attend unto my prayer. He is speaking of something that is so sincere as he goes on in verse number 6 and he says, Thou wilt prolong. He's speaking that God controls all things. As you go on in verse number 7, He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. As you think about Psalm 62, you continue walking on down. And I love Psalm 62 because it's a constant reminder that our help comes from the Lord. And it's pointing us to the Lord. In verse number 1, it says, Truly my soul waiteth upon God. In verse number 2, he says, He is only my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. He goes on in verse number 6 again. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. In verse number 7, And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and the refuge is in God. In verse number 8, Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. I love those statements. I love that as you continue reading on down in verse number 11, it goes on to remind us that power belongeth under God. And in verse number 2 of Psalm 63, it says, To see thy power. I love these verses. I love just walking through and reading and seeing what the psalmist has to say. And as I begin to think about my own life, I love in verse number 11 of Psalm 62 that we're reminded that power belongeth unto God. But I don't just want to see power in other people's lives. I don't want to just see power in other situations, in other churches. I don't want to see God just working in other places. But in verse number 2 of Psalm 63, he says, To see thy power, I want to see it fall upon this place. I want to see it fall upon my life. I want to see it fall upon your life. I want it to be something that is personal to us this evening. As you begin to think about power, you begin to think about power in and of itself. And power is a means of God, by means of God, and belongs to God. and must be considered according to God. We understand that. It is not something that we can just say, I have power. Because in and of ourselves, we are nothing. But then all of a sudden, you factor in God into the situation. Think about it for just a moment. The life of Joseph, the power of God was on that man's life. Joseph was nothing, but Joseph's God was. You think about David and Goliath. In that battle right there, David was nothing, but the power of God was on David's life. David was nothing, but his God was. You go and you look at the life of Saul. I mean, of uh, Paul, and you begin to think about Paul's life being completely transformed. And Paul was nothing, 
Paul's God was. You see, all throughout Scripture, as you come through the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament, you begin to be reminded every single time that none of those individuals that we read about in Scripture were anything except yielded vessels to God who said, Lord, you are everything. We give our lives to you. And all of a sudden, the power of God rested upon their lives. You see, tonight, some of you have already raised your hand acknowledging that you want the power of God to rest upon your life. Here's the question I have for you. Have you put yourself in a position to experience the power of God to rest upon your life? You see, every single one of us, there are times in our lives where we say we want certain things. And for instance, somebody tonight could say, I want to be debt free. And they might say right this very moment, I want to be debt free and that's my goal. I want to get out of debt completely. And then somebody says, hey, you want to go out to eat tonight? They say, yeah. And what do they use? They might use a debit card or I mean, a credit card. Well, they're not putting themselves in that position right then if they continue to do those things. If you begin to think about in the Christian life, we will say things like, I want to be a prayer warrior. I want to be someone that is yielded and completely given to God in the area of prayer. Then what do you have to do? You have to pray. For you to experience the power of God, you have to come to the realization that you are nothing, that God is everything, and you yield yourself to him. Some of the people that you admire are in the Christian faith. D.L. Moody. Some of you admire even modern-day heroes right this very moment that are living in your life, and you begin to name certain people, and you begin to say, the power of God is on that person's life. Well, what is it about them? Because every single day they consecrate themselves unto the Lord. Some of the sweetest Christians that you will ever come in contact with are, are individuals that they don't necessarily have the most talent. They don't have all of the gifts. They don't have this or that or the looks or whatever. You could name all the categories that we begin to characterize whether someone is going to be used or not. But oftentimes, they just have themselves and they lay it on the altar of sacrifice. They say, Lord, I'm nothing, but you're everything, and so here's my life. As we were at the youth meeting yesterday, I was holding a hymnal and thumbing through that hymnal and just looking at different songs. And in that hymnal, I came across the song we've sung many times, and I owe it all to you, Lord. I began to think about that. How many times in our lives were we sing so many of these songs? And just a few minutes ago, as we were thinking about some of the songs that we were singing and, and talking about Jesus, and we're singing Living by Faith, and oh, how I love Jesus. Can I share with you, the Lord loves to hear it from our lips, but he loves to see it with our lives a little bit more. Oh, how I love Jesus. We love to sing that song. And I believe the Lord is pleased when we worship him in song and we say those things. But I believe there are times in our lives when we're saying it with our lips, but we're not living it out with our life. And so we say, oh, how I love Jesus. One of the greatest ways that you can do that is live it out. Make a difference. Challenge yourself to be yielded completely to the Lord. You see, within many of our lives as Christians, we begin to seek after all of these things. We begin to seek after the peace of God and the power of God and the presence of God and the presentation of God. But we fail to realize that we never allow God to truly prove himself. The, the verse that you find in Scripture, Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We love to emphasize the last portion of that verse right there. I wonder what God could do. The great and mighty things which we know not. Well, we're unwilling to do the first part of it. Call unto me. And I will answer thee. Show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. 
I believe many of us tonight, we have great aspirations. We have dreams, we have goals, we have a lot of ambition right this very moment that we want to see things take place. But are we willing to say, Lord, whatever, whatever you say, whatever you do, Lord, whatever it takes, I want to see it through. You study the lives of D.L. Moody. You study the lives of Dr. Hudson. You study the lives of Brother Polly. You study the lives of, of name, Billy Sunday. You study the lives of many of these people that we read in the history books of the faith and the, the spiritual heroes right this very moment, and you'll find one common theme within their lives. They prayed. They prayed. They prayed for the power of God. They sought the presence of God to be real to them. They, they began to desire that the Lord would use them in such a way where they were not seen, but God's work was being accomplished even in spite of them. You see, D.L. Moody, there are a lot of people in our, in our society and a lot of people in, in our lives that we know that worship the, the Charles Spurgeons and the D.L. Moody's and the Billy Sundays and even some of the modern-day pastors right this very moment that God is using. They worship those men because of how God is using them. Can I share with you, you're worshiping those men but those men are worshiping the God that they know to be true in their lives. We have a lot of people that worship Spurgeon instead of the God of Spurgeon. We have a lot of people that worship uh, the, the, the D.L. Moody instead of the God of D.L. Moody. And you begin to realize that those men were nothing in and of themselves except simply what we've already said. Vessels that were yielded to God. So are you yielded tonight? You say, I want to be used of God. I want God to do amazing things in my life. As Ms. Laney was standing up here next to Brother Cyrus, God has used both of those individuals. And as you begin to think about them right this very moment, I don't want that to be the last time we see God using them. I believe all of these young people right this very moment, there's so much potential right here. I don't know what God could do with these young men right here. I don't know what God could do with those two young ladies over there. I don't know what God could do with Ms. Hall. I don't know what God could do with that, that rough bunch on the second row over here. Yeah, you too. You too over there, Jude. I don't know what God could do with them. But could you imagine what God could do if they got a hold of God? If they said, you know what, it's not enough for me just to come to the house of God with my family. I want to know God. I want to experience the move of God. I want, to, I want God to answer prayers in my own life. You know, I long for the day when Jackson comes to me with tears in his eyes and tells me that God answered one of his prayers. I long for the day when Miss Holly is praying and she is really seeking the Lord and she comes to him and tells me with, with tears and with such a joyful experience that she's experienced as she got alone with God and just spent time in prayer that God was really dealing with her about some things. I pray for those things because I don't want my children to live off of their daddy's faith. I want it to be real in their life. But I want the power of God on my life. I don't want to just go through the, the motions of these things. Notice what the Bible says in Romans chapter number 6, verse number 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments unto unrighteousness, unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. As those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. You know what that statement, yield yourselves, simply means? Lord, I'm at your disposal. Lord, I'm yours. As the potter in the clay, as the shepherd in the sheep, Lord, I'm yours. Lord, you guide me, you direct me, you feed me, you do with my life what you choose to do. 
Lord, if you see fit to allow pain to come through, then, Lord, that is your will. I will yield to that. Lord, if you experience, allow me to experience great blessing, then, Lord, I will praise you for that. Lord, if you allow this or that to go through my life or for me to go through or to experience, then, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I'm at your disposal. As I begin to think about many of our church members' lives, I begin to think about people in our church. I think about our church daily. I pray for you. And there, there are many of you that I've seen God in difficult situations work through your life. And I rejoice with you in that. I rejoice today that God has shown himself and has been real to you in those circumstances. And there are some times where we will look back and we will think that, that God has made a mistake in certain things. Or that God has not allowed us to really experience all that we ought to experience. I begin to think about just a couple of personal examples that many of you have shared. I begin to think about, Brother Andy, the last year and a half that you've had to go through. And just being able to have conversations and you telling the Lord to still remain faithful. And all those many, that encourages me, that helps me. Brother John, you were a graduate and you were not immediately plugged into a church for how long? I don't think God failed in anything because look what God has done the last five, going on five years this upcoming year. He could have quit on God. He could have said, well, it's not worth it. Many of you right this very moment, you're questioning, Lord, why? But in those seasons of waiting, we find it even in Scripture, those seasons of waiting when the Lord says, stand still, just stop for a few moments. He's still using us and preparing us, guiding us, showing us. And as hard as that is sometimes, we want to rush things in our own lives. God says, no, 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 just yield yourself to me. Be at my disposal in my timing. You never know what God could do in those moments of your life. You know, I was just talking with Brother Tyler Gillard, and we were talking about certain things and that were taking place, and we were talking about how, you know, I went to school and went to college for youth ministry. I never thought I'd pastor this early in my, my age and all of this, and we were talking about that, but we were reminded in that conversation that it's not our will, but God's will be done. We, we don't have a clue what God is going to do with all of our lives. But if we say, Lord, here's my life, I yield it to you. Notice in verse number 2 of Psalm 63, what he goes on to say, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory. So as I have been seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. You know, this morning, as we began to talk on some things of removing the idols and getting some things squared away in our lives and praising the Lord for the blessings of life and getting back to the altar and returning to the altar. Every single day is a challenge because every single day we have to make the decision if we're going to live our life according to what we want to do or according to what God's will is. And so you have many areas where you have to yield. You have to yield yourself to prayer because there are many times as we begin to pray where we begin to pray selfishly in such a way where we begin to acknowledge what we want and what we think we need. But as you come to the Lord and you yield that time to the Lord, all of a sudden you do less talking, a little bit more listening. It becomes a lot sweeter. 
as I dropped Brother Jillett off at the airport just this past Wednesday, and we were driving up there, and I dropped him off, and he was getting out. The, the, the next 45 minutes, I just spent some time in prayer and thanking the Lord for all that he has done and all that he is doing. And for the next 45 minutes on the way back, I began to just pray, and there came a point where I stopped praying, and I just began to, to reflect and meditate and allow the Lord to just remind me that, yes, I've been good to you the last couple of days, but I've been good to you for far longer than that. And I began to realize, you know what, far too often we begin to only praise the Lord on a season of good days. But I was reminded of all of the, even the tough days and the challenging days of how God was still good to us. I began to think about even some of the, the, the last year and a half to two years of even some of those difficult situations that I personally was not involved in. But I began to think about church members in situations that you all had to go through. Some of you, there have been some prayer requests that you have shared with us in, in secret that you are needing God to break through. And I've been able to think on those things and begin to think about what God is doing right this very moment. And I've seen God bring you along, and I rejoice with you in those things. And it's in those seasons of yielding, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing, but I yield myself to it anyways. Lord, I don't understand where you're going or where you're taking us, but Lord, I yield my will to you. And Lord, I understand that you never fail. We have to yield ourselves to prayer. We have to yield sometimes our will. and We have to yield to worship and to the word of God and to the altar and to tears and to compassion, to service, all of these many things. Can I share with you that as you begin to get more in tune with God, you'll realize that sometimes you have to serve those that are unlovable just like God serves me as unlovable as I am. Can I share with you, you have to yield yourself to that. Jared, you're not always lovable. Sometimes you're, you're, you're a thorn. Testify, right? No comment? Yeah. Brother John? Y'all pray for Jared. We'll, we'll. Sometimes you're a thorn. Sometimes I'm a thorn. They're awesome. Sometimes you're a thorn, probably. <laughs> and that was 0 0.03 seconds <laughs> quickest amen in history but in the midst of a thorn sometimes we realize that those thorns we wake up you know you know exactly the feeling there's someone that's unlovable that god is dealing with you to love to serve even as unlovable as they are and for you to have the peace of God in that moment, you have to yield yourself as hard as that is. Lord, I don't want to love that person. God says it doesn't matter. They need you to be loving. They need you to care. How many times do you walk through the doors of the church? How many times do you walk into work? How many times do you walk into your home? How many times have you been in the presence of someone that just continued to just wear you out, wear you out? And each and every single time, you had to hold your tongue. And you had to remind yourself, God still loves that same. It's hard. But yielding. You begin to think about the power of God in those moments that you need. You see, our life is a yielding life. Constantly yielding things. Because if you're not yielding yourself, then you're saying to the Lord, Lord, I know what I'm doing in my life far more than you know what you're doing in my life. But all of a sudden, you realize down the road that God was saying all along, no, 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 
child, you don't realize what I have in store with you if you just stay on the path that I have for you and do the will that I've set before you. And so you come to verse number two to see thy power and thy glory. I leave you with two things this evening. If you're ever going to see the power of God in your life, we've expressed this many, many times. If you're ever going to see the power of God rest on your life, then you need to turn from your selfishness and turn unto the goodness of God. Get yourself out of the way and turn from all of the things that are hindering you from doing and being all that God would have for you to be and all that God would have for you to do and just look unto Him. A couple of years ago, we had the theme, looking unto Jesus, and you begin to think about that. That is not just a theme for the year that we emphasized it. That's the Christian life, looking unto Jesus. Right at this very moment, some of you have mountains that only God could move. And you're looking at that mountain, and God says, quit looking at that mountain and look unto me. Some of you are praying some great prayers. Some of you have some great decisions that you are praying right this very moment about, and you're seeking some direction, and you're looking at all of those many things, and God says, get your eyes off of those things and look unto me. And right this very moment, I believe every single one of us tonight, we would acknowledge we truly do want the power of God to rest upon our lives. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to deal with this subject matter of the power of God resting upon different people's lives in Scripture and what it took for them to experience that. But here's the one question I have for you, and I close with this. Now, this is the last question. Are you willing to yield to Him? Because if you say no, then you're telling the Lord, Lord, I'm not willing to experience the power of God in my life. Lord, when I come to you in prayer, I just need you to give me what I ask for you. I don't want to experience just a, a sweet communion with you. Lord, that unlovable person, you send someone else to love on them. Lord, that opportunity and that open door, Lord, I'm going to close that door. You, you, you open it for someone else. But if you get along with the Lord and you say, Lord, show me the things that I need to yield to you. Some of us might need to yield our lips. Some of us might need to yield our minds. Some of us might be struggling right this very moment. We need to yield our will to the Lord. You see, we don't know what God is trying to do until we really and truly get along with God and say, Lord, I'm just going to follow. Over the last year, we have continuously as a church said, concerning this building and concerning what the Lord is doing, that we don't want to close any door that the Lord doesn't himself close. We just want to keep walking. And we laughed about it, and, but we, we shared this, and we're going to continue. The, the illustration is very simple. If you've ever seen the movie Finding Nemo, Dory says this, just keep swimming. And here's the thing that we come to realize. We as Christians and we as Gateway Baptist Church, we just want to keep following the Lord. Just keep going. Just keep going. But can I share with you, each and every step that we go, we have to yield. Lord, I don't understand this. Yield it. Lord, I don't like this. Yield it. Lord, this is taking a lot of work. Yield it. Lord, I sure am having to pray about this a lot. Yield it. Yield some things to the Lord and watch the power of God fall upon your life. You won't even realize it, but it'll be seen. I want the power of God on Gateway Baptist Church. I want the power of God on the families and on the individuals of Gateway Baptist Church. But if we're not willing to yield, we'll never experience it. Can I summarize it to you this way for just a moment? I'm the pastor of Gateway Baptist Church, but this is not my church. 
So John is the youth director of Gateway Baptist Church. That is not his youth group. There are some ministries that you are leading. That is not your ministry. We must yield those things to God and say, Lord, you take us as far as you can. We'll just be vessels that want to be used. Lord, we do thank you tonight. Lord, I pray that you would help us to yield. Lord, we need you more than ever. This church needs you more than ever. This community needs you more than ever. And Lord, we need to yield. Yield our ways to you. Yield our will to you. Yield the many areas of our lives to you and say, Lord, you take us. You guide us. You direct us. Lord, I can't imagine what a year from now looks like. But I'm calling upon you right this moment and asking you, Lord, to take us where you desire to take us. Open the doors you desire to open. Lord, give us the faith we need to walk through it. Lord, close the doors that are necessary. Take us to great heights that only you can take us. Lord, show us those great and mighty things which we know not. Lord, help us to yield ourselves to you, call unto you consistently, fervently, and do it in a serious manner. Help us, Lord, tonight. Draw us unto ourselves, away from ourselves, and unto you. Guide us now through this invitation. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? Heads bowed tonight. How many of you tonight? I just want to pray for you. Say, I want the power of God in my life, and I'm struggling at yielding some things to the Lord, but I know I need to, and I need your prayer. Would you slip up your hand? You say, I need to yield some things, but I'm struggling in that regard. I